We are back. Pick is in. We are live. Episode six of the Undrafted Sports Podcast. It's draft week. Let's go. We're ready. We're excited. Everybody's here. Uh, Dan, Sean, CG, and Damon. Um, it's draft week. Everybody's wearing their pro colors except for Sean. He decided that he wanted to go Micah Parsons instead of his team, the Pittsburgh Steelers. So, uh, Sean, what was your uh, rationale here? Because I got Steeler stuff on my wall, and I don't have any Penn State stuff on my wall. So that makes sense. Yeah, but we can't ever see that when your head's in the way. So <laughs> you're gonna have to do the whole podcast with <laughs> your head tilted to one side or the other. I moved and pointed. We're good. It's it's clear. All right, so it is April 25th, uh, Sunday night before the draft. We are uh, reeling after a. Amazing night of USC, first night back, 261. Um, Jacksonville, Florida, 15,000 fans, which Dana White let us know about 174 times that he sold out 15,000 fans. <laughs> Congratulations. Um, that's awesome. Uh, in all seriousness, I wish I was there because it sounded awesome. And obviously, the fans um, made a huge difference. You could tell that right away. Um, but I would like to start with a recap of that card. Um, I'll go first. Uh, I thought just the card in general was amazing. I don't know if it was the fans. I don't know if it was just the way that everything played out. I don't know if it was the title fights, but whatever. It was amazing. Uh, I had a great time watching it. Um, the energy was one of the commentators almost got into a fight with a YouTuber. That was funny. Um, it had everything. I mean, viral clips. You name it. Um, but I want to start with um, with Randy Brown and Alex Oliveira. CG, would you uh, like to give us a quick breakdown of that fight? Yeah. <clears throat> I wish I knew what the back, background story is and why they had so much beef. Cowboy was talking mad noise to them, and they, they, they had some uh, beef. Um, I'm a bit a big advocate on not trusting uh, Oliveira, and – that's why Randy Brown's looked good in his last few fights. He had a real bad matchup with Luke. Um, Luke, we know how good he is. He tore the Brown's legs up, and Cowboy was trying to go that route. Props to Randy Brown for eating those, and he he hit him with a big shot. Um, I like what I see from Rude Boy. He's good, man. And, I, <laughs> and the fuck yous after the fight were pretty awesome too. <laughs> yeah, don't don't get it twisted though. He was in trouble. Does that leg was in trouble? So. Mm -hmm. Good for him for, for sealing that up and getting a win because otherwise he might have been in big trouble with that. Um, the other one I want to talk about before the main card is uh, Carl Roberson and Brandon Allen. Uh, there are a couple of people on this show that benefited from Brandon Allen, maybe more than a couple. Um, great showing from him. Um, he looked really good. Carl Roberson is kind of that kickboxer mold where – if that dude gets taken down, it's like he just – he's just got nothing for you. And he made the mistake of trying to go for a submission and at the end of a round didn't work because he got his – almost his foot ripped off of his damn leg. Um, Sean, what are your initial reactions to that one? Uh, so I knew that Brandon Allen was really good at the submissions and was something that I think – I forget his last fight that I watched. I think I was watching it with CG. And he was telling me about him, but 
I mean, from what I saw, he once he got him to the ground, he went right for that hook. He 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 wanted it, and Roberson was in big big trouble. Roberson screwed up by trying to go for the submission himself. That's kind of what freed up Allen to be able to lock in the leg and twist it enough with just a there there wasn't much time left, so he had to work quickly and he was able to get the the sub there right at the end. So good work. Yeah, Brendan Allen is he's on his way. He's a problem. Um him be with Henry Hoof and you know he he tried to stand up a little bit and his stand up did not look bad, but he, he Roberson was definitely had the edge on the feet, and but he got him to his element, and it was a wrap from there. But he's definitely improving on his stand up. If he can keep evolving, I can see him in that mix and the you know top ten. He, he's good. Yeah, the Sanford MMA move was, in my opinion, a smart one. Um, you know he can wrestle. You know he can grapple. So if you can get hands behind it, you're looking at a well-rounded dude. I don't know if if he can push towards the top, um, but he. He's on a good start, and he's still young, so he's one to watch for sure. Um, but if we want us to transition to the main card, uh, we can start with Anthony Lionheart Smith, Sean. Yes, we can. Uh, he was. He looks good. He he looked more. They, they mentioned that on the on the telecast that he looked leaner. He looked in better shape. His jab was working like a professional. Like he he just was piecing his face up. Um, and Jimmy was working at that lead leg and Anthony, you know, he, he mentioned it in his uh, press conference, our post-fight interview that, um, you know, if he had landed a couple more on the calf that he would have been in big, big trouble. So, uh, you know, the, the one shot that, that Lionheart landed in the back of the nerve, uh, just, it looked like the dude had never walked before. It was, I'd never seen anything like that. I um, was kind of weirded out to see him. It almost looked like his leg was buckling and to see that happen from one leg kick, as opposed to, Anthony Smith eating eight or nine of them was pretty crazy. It, it reminded me a lot of Michael Chandler. Um, Michael Chandler fought, I believe it was Brett Primus in Bellator. Same thing happened to him. It's almost like you just forget like how to take a step. Like your foot just doesn't respond to what your brain's telling it to do. And he, it looked like he sprained his ankle like I don't know eight times. Yeah, it just kept yeah. rolling. And then his his ankle looked like he had a baseball inside of it. Um, but the ref stopped it, and Anthony Smith won. Um, Damon, how did you feel about the stoppage? Should have stopped before I got to the corner, if we're being honest. I mean, I just – dude couldn't walk. Um, he could have recovered. Uh, you know, I was watching with my wife, and she was like, well, you know, they said he, he could recover after a few minutes. It's like, yeah, but that's, that's not what the rules state. You, you get a certain amount allotted in the corner, and if you can't, answer the bell that's it it's over and you know when he went to go answer the bell you know the doctor had him couple take a couple steps and then he turned around and tried to punch the the cage and and crumbled from trying to punch the cage so he was clearly not in a uh, position to fight um so i i agreed with the stoppage um i know that's not universally agreed upon in the group but um but yeah i thought it was a good stoppage dude couldn't walk can't fight if you can't walk yeah, I disagree with the stoppage. Let that man die. Let that man die in his shield. What's the what's the difference in somebody breaking their hand or John Jones's fucking bone sticking through his toe in a fight or a hyperextension of the shoulder fighting through a uh, you know arm bar? Um, None of those that, impeded their ability to 
walk to the middle of the cage. So there's still weapons and there's still ligaments. And so and multiple times people have fought through those injuries and has been, you know, they let it go. Henry Cejudo be arguably at the time the best flyweight ever with the same shit. Sean O'Malley finished out the fight against Sukumthoth. He got the win. He couldn't stand it. McGregor beat Max Holloway with a torn ACL. Like, it just – I mean, I get the stoppage, but I don't agree with it. Like, they're in but, there to fight. They're in there. If if, if he can – if he if he's physically responsive and can go, let him go. Let him go. If he's going to go out there and pull – I mean, look at him, what he did right when it happened. Why didn't we stop it right off, right off the bat? He got a takedown right off the bat. He, what what says that he couldn't? When the bell rang, he stood he stood his ground like Tyron Woodley against that cage and didn't move. And when he came, when Anthony Smith came into his his range, he went for a takedown. Why couldn't he do that? Yeah, in the heat of battle, and, and maybe you know, I don't know all those other fights that you referenced, but yeah, let it continue in the middle of the round. Um, you know, because they can pull guard, they can. Um, go for a takedown and still fight and compete. Um, but, you know, that's what – I mean, the doctor's there to save them from themselves. And at that point, like Dan mentioned, dude looked like he had a baseball on his ankle. I mean, he had rolled his ankle several times. He was – I mean, it looked like a car wreck, him trying to take just one simple step on that left foot. So, I mean, I get where you're coming from. I mean, that's that's the sport. You know, people legitimately get knocked out and Brown's boat bones broken ligaments torn and you know they fight through it all you have big gashes on your eyes and different things and and you just got to fight through it but at the end of the day if you literally can't walk to the center of the the octagon without falling in between rounds i i don't think you should be able to the doctor should save you from yourself essentially i think it's just the visual the visual of the whole thing was the biggest like this dude can't even plant on his foot so you know, like like you you mentioned, like a, a separated shoulder or even a torn ACL. Like I said, like a lot of those things you can't really externalize, so you can't really tell that he's in that bad of a shape. But because he literally just couldn't plant his foot like he wanted to, it it made it a lot more clear that he was in bad shape. And because I understand your point and I agree with it, but I think because of the, the visual of it, it was uh. It, it's a tough place for a doctor and or referee to have to make a split decision call right there. Um, but yeah, I mean, usually in that, I, I, I mean, I assume that he was fine. Um, they said that he was fine. Eventually. I don't know how long it would have taken, but like Damon said, you also have to answer the bell. So whenever they called it, he, he rolled his ankle again after that, whenever he was mad. So it's like, you know, there's a time limit here. We can't just give you five minutes because you, you got kicked in a bad spot. Well, and it's kind of, you know, I know we were talking about ligaments and different things, but I remember there was a fight with uh, Cerrone, and his eye was busted up pretty good, and he went to go uh, clear snot out of his nose, and he, you know, held his nose and blew, and it made all that blood rush to his eye, and it, you know, prevented him from being able to see, and they had to call the fight because he couldn't see, you know. I mean, just, like, not being able to see, I feel like not being able to walk is pretty essential to answering the bell. I, I get all that, you know. I just I just disagree with it. Um, now, Who'd you bet on? Oh, I bet on Groot for sure. <laughs> but hey, 
Here's the here's the thing. Um, I think the biggest problem is that, you know, the judges is, is so inconsistent and then the doctors, you know, is, is just so inconsistent. If you remember in round one of the very first fight, Nang and Cardellosi, that chick could when the bell rang, she didn't get up. She couldn't get up and her cornerman. Uh, Yanong Song picked her up and carried her to the stool. So yep. what's the difference? What's he oh. crew walked to the stool? And like, what's the difference there? Kind we, of. we got, we, you know, like we got a. There's just no consistency there. I know every fight's different, and you got different doctors and shit like that. But you know, that's just that's just the sport. But um, yeah, yeah, tough break. But you know, big props. Uh, Lionheart, he looked awesome. His uh his nickname says it all. That's who that's who he is, man. Part of a line. He's a bad he's a badass. I love him. Speaking of tough breaks, to bring us to our next fight. <laughs> I think we should I think we should purely let Sean diagnose and walk us through everything that happened. Well, there's not much. It was about twenty seconds, fifteen seconds into the fight and went for a kick and his toes touched his shin in ways that they're not supposed to. It was disgusting. Did you watch the replay? No. I had turned my head like a little kid immediately. <laughs> immediately. So I think to me, the worst part was not that he shattered it, but whenever he tried to plant on it at the yeah. end and they didn't show it, but there's 0% chance that his bone didn't break through his skin because his entire weight was going on his back foot and there was no back foot to be had. Like it just went right, like just like Dax. Dax was the same way. When Dax shattered his, his bone was broken through his skin. Like if, if you go back and there's no foot because your bone is completely shattered, it's just going to go through your skin. Do you remember my reaction when Dax broke his foot like that? I went running down your hallway because I didn't want to see the replay. <laughs> yeah, I know. Look. I just I can't stand that stuff. It's so disgusting. Uh, when Annex said we're going to show the replay twice, viewer discretion just uh, advised yeah. my TV got turned off. Did you run outside? No, I just turned my TV off. I handled it like a big boy. Well, I'm completely opposite. I'm a nasty mofo, and I loved every second one of it. Oh, I watched the shit out of that, especially since it was Chris Weidman. Oh boy, sorry, bro. I'm not trying. Easy. I, I want to burn the bridge here. I don't care. I don't like Chris Weidman. Karma, bro. Karma. Look over look over his left shoulder if you're watching on YouTube. Look over his <laughs> right left shoulder. Right there. Tell it all. So my immediate reaction was the same, but then I was like, this dude's career is legitimately probably over. And then like there's a whole like crying scene going on, which I feel like if we bring this crying thing up, especially with Damon here, it's it's we're gonna get really into the weeds. So I think we're just gonna pass that. Um, that that's another story for another podcast. <laughs> uh, so we, we can roll right into the title fights. Uh, first one was was Valentina first? No, no, it was, she was. No, she, she was. was okay. She is a machine. The fact that, I mean, I don't want to throw sand on her immediately, but the fact that Amanda Nunes has beat her over eight rounds is astounding because she is unbelievable how good she is. Unbelievable. She is like the whole thing with, I'm going to take your biggest strength and I'm going to make it your weakness. That's like John Jones shit. That's what John Jones does to people. He That's how he gets up for these fights. All these 205-pound titles that he has, um, he's fought people and kept the title. 
Like that's exactly what she's doing. She's just dominating you with your at your be- best aspect, and she is a fucking savage. And I mean, I said this before already. Like Nunez and Shevchenko every three months. What are we doing? What are we doing? Said it on this podcast. I think she's done. Oh, go ahead. I'll just say we said that on this podcast. Go ahead, Dan. What I was gonna say is, is I think she summed it up the best. People keep spending hours trying to find my weakness, and they're just wasting their time because there isn't one. She doesn't have one. Yeah, Come get some. I liked uh, Brett. <laughs> <laughs> I like Brett Okamoto's tweet about having her fight Lauren Murphy and uh, the other one on the same <laughs> At night. At the same like, time, yeah. Just do them, have one open the card, and then have one be a, a closing fight because there's, just, I mean, she's not going to lose to anybody in that division. She. she I mean, Dan said it like it, it's just greatness, truly what it is. She's a goat. Like th- there's no one coming close to her. Like it's I don't want to say it's a waste of her time because she just keeps keep building that resume up, but dude, she is unbelievable. And like the thing with Nunez, it just I'm a big Shevchenko fan. It sucks that they're not like she's a legit 125er and Nunez is that 135er. So when Shevchenko has, yeah, has to go up and wait, she's still their skills are like right there, neck and neck. Um, but Nunez, I think just the size, you know, and, and just man, if they fought again, it, it it would be so incredible. That's the only fight to make for yeah, either of them. People want to watch for they're either. Both so them. dominant in their divisions. Like Dan's idea, every three months, just run it back. Book it. book it until someone shows that they have any sort of shot at either one of them. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah, it's much it, better it's, than I'd watch. I'd rather watch that ten times over and see the same. Even if it happens to be where Nunes wins ten times in a row, than what we're seeing with what both what they're both doing against their opponents because it's it's not even close. We always do like there's levels to this thing, and it just feels like both of those girls are just. Like, not even on another level, like, level, like, multiple levels above every single person. Um, light years. We, we burned Lauren Murphy's bridge, so that's a tough <laughs> one. Don't want to get her on the podcast, but, um, yeah, she's she's going to get her ass kicked, too. So, good luck. Um, next one, Rose Namajunas. Again. Oh, CG, you take the lead. Man, uh, the fans being in attendance for this fight just made it that much more incredible. I mean, her introduction with Buffer and then Trevor Whitman. I mean, we're going to talk about him a lot in the next, you know, couple fights. But, you know, her standing there saying, I'm the best over and over again. And Trevor Whitman's behind her smiling. I just knew something was about to fucking go down. Um, what, going into the fight, I was the only thing I was really worried about with Rose was her gas tank. Because um, Whaley could put that pressure on her. And, and her last fight against Andrade, she she fell down. Her gas tank went went low, low in that third round. Andrade was putting it on her. Um, but, again, Andrade is real easy to hit, and the Rose tore her ass up in the first two rounds. So I, that's one thing I was worried about. But early on, I knew Rose was 
was going to have be successful. I mean, her striking is just through the fucking roof. Um, did I expect her to KO her in one fucking head kick? No. <laughs> but that, like, usually a head kick is going to come outside the, the uh, guard. That shit came up through the middle and just touched her on the button, man. Like, just precision. Precision over power. It was incredible. Awesome, awesome time. And I get Whaley being upset about um the stoppage because she's competitor don't want to lose but that was not a bad stoppage at all she was out out yeah we saw in the uh, wailing and joanna fight that she's she can get hit i mean joanna did her thing even though she left with the big hematoma but she was susceptible to getting hit and it, it took just a couple piece a uh, couple round in the, whatever it was early in the second round to to get that kick through and, and that was the end of that yeah, I mean, a great performance. Not a whole lot to break down there. I mean, Whaley thought it was coming to the body and it went up top, and that was the end of that. She she started arguing because she didn't know where the fuck she was. So, that mm-hmm. tough scene. But um, congratulations, Rose. Uh, I believe that was the first – did I see that it was the first women's UFC fighter to ever win the belt, lose the belt, win it again? Is that right? Is that, is that the stat? Oh, I didn't see that. Right, I didn't see that. it, but I would I would think that's right. I don't think yeah. anybody else has done it. Joanna hasn't done it. Okay. Who's in Mazadol? I mean I I mean the dude's amazing. Like he did something that no one's done in twelve years. <laughs> what do you I mean, I'm not gonna go as far to say he's the GOAT for GSP because he's got a, a ways to go, but um, if Trevor Whitman gets his striking on par with his wrestling, it's a wrap. Well, and it was funny because a, a lot like what we saw with, with what Valentina did on Dry. Like Masvidal said, they were expecting more wrestling. They weren't expecting him to be stand up, box and box and box. And they were looking for wrestling. Look at, and Usman was just going like. And DC commented in the first round, he's like, "This is the inexperience of a boxer. He's getting out of control. He's getting a little wild." But my God, when he hit him with that right and just crumbled him and then got a couple in hammer fist at the end, it was like, like nobody's done that. Who, who what's left for him? Who, who is he going to beat? He's already beaten everybody there. I mean, who's you going to have to start doing rematches now because he's knocked everybody off except, well, there's one guy, but <laughs> say it, say it, do it, you say, say it. it. You yes, do your voice. Three, two, one, go. Do your voice. Do your voice. <laughs> <laughs> but it's going to be Colby. So yeah, we're just going to watch Colby. the same fight over again, and Colby's going to get knocked out in the third round instead of the fifth. He's yeah, right. getting better. Yeah, he's getting better Hopefully. with his body striking. He's get, I mean, he, he's not going to lose his wrestling. He's got his whatever best takedown save percentage stuff. Save percent. I mean, it's he's he's going to unless he gets lazy or he gets you know one lucky shot against him. Obviously, he can end it, but I just don't see him losing anytime soon. Dude, um, I, saw, I saw a picture of um, – had all his last four fights of the knockouts. It, it was an incredible picture. He had Tawoodley on the ground with him walking away. He had Colby on the ground with him walking away. Gilbert on the ground with him walking away. And now Jorge on the ground walking like Easy. He, he is – he's not boring anymore. There is no shit or no slander you can put on his name any freaking more. He is – Ridiculous. 
I just I just want to bring up one point. Um, Hamzat Shemaev is healthy, so let's go. I'm I'm very I'm very prepared to bandwagon this podcast on the back of the wolf. Let's go, baby. <laughs> Two million percent. I mean, I told Damon this. Me and Damon watched the first fight that he ever had in the UFC. And after it was over, I looked at Damon and I said, I'm going to bet him every single fight until he loses. I don't care the odds. I don't care who he's fighting. I don't give a fuck. If he's going to fucking fight someone, I'm going to bet him. Is he going to out-wrestle Usman? Some people would say, you're nuts. I would say that I'm fucking smart. How about that? <laughs> what I don't understand is why Dana's already going with Colby when you have Leon, who's going to knock yep. out Nate. Money. He's going to fuck Nate up and about they fight in like three weeks. Like, I don't understand that. I mean, Leon, I don't think Leon has a chance at Kamaru, but shit, if when he beats Nate, he'll have that's like 10 or 11 wins in a row for him. Or I think that might be wrong, but. He's on a big winning streak. Uh, it, his, his last loss was Usman. I just don't get it. But And Gilbert and Wonderboy are fighting, so they're going to put themselves a, in a shitstorm. He does have a yeah. no contest in there in between. <laughs> yep, you're right. <laughs> I mean, Hamza is going to fight Magni, and then he's going to get one of those top guys. If he smokes Magni, and then he smokes if. one of those top guys, he, they're going to – you know Dana loves that dude. They're gonna put him in, and Hamzat's got a good mouthpiece. He's gonna be talking so much shit. It's gonna be big. He'll just go ahead and be Jan in the meantime at two hundred five, and just grab that belt real quick. <laughs> Everybody thought McGregor was gonna be the one to take all the belts, and then Hamzat's just gonna come in and steal everybody's thunder. Like I said, we're hitching the fucking wagon. So oh, hop yeah. on or get the fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> Before the draft right. started, we we named our our WhatsApp group after this dude. We were the Wolf Fan Club. Yep, <laughs> it's real. Sticking to it. Okay, speaking of draft, we're gonna roll right in. We buried the lead. Um, I mentioned the draft was coming up, but we had to get UFC in there because it was a great night. But we are gonna kick this to Damon. And we are going to go through draft props because the fucking draft is four days from now. And we are litty titty. We are ready to roll. Um, we're all going to be together like we do every year since 2013. Is that right? 14. Well, since I've been involved, I don't yeah, know what you guys did before 14. 14. Well, yeah, 13. There, there was there was a, a a NASCAR event that we weren't mm. all. All together, but oh, that's for the right. most part, yeah, we've right. been together since. <laughs> you have a chance to to meet Brad Miller. You can't pass that up. So <laughs> thank you, thank you. You're welcome. I got your back. Dude. Um, hey, not you. I'm just talking in generalities. <laughs> <laughs> but let's go ahead and roll with the first prop. So Stop. probably Solid. gonna spend a little bit of time on this one. Ian Rappaport just tweeted out that the uh, 49ers pick is now down between Lance and Mac Jones. But uh, for the third pick, we got Fields at plus 190, Mac at minus 170, Lance at plus 150, and then for, you know, Zach Wilson plus 2,000, which his odds of going to are astronomicals. 
So unless something crazy happens, it's really down to those three. And according to rap, it's those two. So we had a bit of a discussion off air about the Niners pick. So I'm going to go ahead and pass it to old Mahmood and let him lead us off with his thoughts on the third pick. Well, off air, uh, CG and I discussed, you know, that if it's between Lance and Mac Jones, he, uh, CG's point was, why would you draft Mac Jones? Because him and Garoppolo are the same kind of player. And I, I basically was in saying that, well, maybe Kyle Shanahan likes that type of player, the Matt Ryan, the Garoppolo, where he's not going to have to address his offense too much. So that's where, I mean, Mac Jones has been kind of the, the guy for the last couple of weeks. I know Matt Miller tweeted about it. Uh, I know Damon is not at all believed that that's even a possibility, but um, that's kind of been... <laughs> that's it's gonna take like Roger been... Goodell saying it's gonna take Roger Goodell <laughs> announcing the pick. It is gonna take Roger Goodell announcing the pick. I just so refuse he, to believe he's I'm gonna like, get over minus two hundred. Like it's gonna happen this week. Fine. He's gonna get over minus two hundred. That's a good point. Just, yeah. It's it's giving up the draft capital. It's having players like Trey Lance and Justin Fields available. I mean, Damon. If, if what racism is real, Stanley. <laughs> <laughs> Sean said it. He said Garoppolo, Matt Ryan, Mac Kirk Jones. Cousins. What all these the people record, have in common? Sean did not say that, but I was just naming the white quarterbacks they've drafted. You said what you, you said. It's I over. said what I said, but take it how you want. However, also off air, CG and I were discussing that this team is two years removed from a Super Bowl, and now they're trading into the top three to pick another quarterback. It's it's kind of wow. crazy. It's kind of crazy when you think about it. So, um, I when this trade happened, I immediately bet Justin Fields because I thought that was the play. Looks like I'm going to lose fifteen dollars on that, but um, it <laughs> seems like it's going to be down to Trey or or Mac. So, good luck with that. How many units is that for you? <laughs> uh, I can't do the math. Seventy point seven five. Yeah, I could do the math. Fuck you. Well, so is, I just go ahead, Dan. Sorry. My thing is, is Shannon came out after they got ramsacked by the Bills and talked about having Josh, a quarterback like Josh Allen, who can do a lot of different things. And as we've mentioned, you know, the whole like, oh, well, Mac Jones is NFL ready and this, that, and the other. It's like they don't need an NFL ready quarterback. They have Jimmy G ready to roll week one. So why not go get a guy who you can create a Taysom Hill type package or, you know, Lamar Jackson's rookie year where they were throwing him in and letting him do different things and run the read option. Like he could be a weapon without being the starting quarterback. And then if by week six, eight, 10, I mean, Jimmy's probably going to get hurt before that. But if by midseason Trey's then ready to roll, now you roll him out. Um, I mean, I, I will back, Justin Fields is the pick. He should be the pick. I mean, if you look at consensus big boards and all the different rankings, I mean, Justin Fields is number two just as much as he's number three on as many people's boards. So I I don't get it. I, that I Northwestern know. game really did a number on him, huh? He had the that national championship had, game. Uh, CG, who, uh, who's the cornerback for Northwestern? Is there any prominent ones? or oh, okay. Gregory. Mm-hmm. So before I go into, you know, what, what I think the Niners are going to do, like Damon, like he just said, the consensus, you look at all these, you know, draft experts, uh, I don't want to give them shout outs, but 
they all have Justin Fields either two or three, and I, I don't I don't get it. You know, I don't I don't understand like what are we missing here? Um, so I, I don't know. Um, I'm with Damon. I think Fields should be the pick, but I just like when we and Sean were talking off air. I understand the, the and it's a great point. You know, maybe he likes that style of quarterback, but to Damon's point, like if you're going to give up that much capital, why wouldn't you go get a guy with a much higher ceiling. And right now, I guess they believe it's Trey Lance. Um, I just with the, the athletic ability, you know, maybe they think like, he can blossom to something that they don't have. You know, I guess Shanahan might be trying to step outside the box, getting away from that, you know, prototypical guy that he likes. So, uh, you know, I, I put a little bet on uh, Trey Lance at plus 150. Um, I, there's no value in taking Mac Jones at minus 170, I think it was. No value at the chalk there. This is not going to be the pick. If you took the over for uh, this podcast saying off air, you have won <laughs> so much money by now. It's not even funny. What's the next one, Dame? Uh, the next one. Uh, this one's pretty interesting. It's first defensive player taken, which, again, another tweet came out today about there potentially not being a top 10 pick uh, of a defensive player, which has never happened in the draft. Right now, Patrick Sertan, the second, is sitting at minus 160. Then Micah Parsons and J.C. Horn are both plus 350. Quiddy Pay is at plus 650. And then finally, Jalen Phillips, the defensive end out of Miami, is at plus 1,400. So I'll go ahead and kick this one to CG and let him get us started with first defensive player. And is there anything that you kind of like on those? Well, Sertan was what was his number minus one sixty minus one sixty, unbettable. Yeah. yeah, that's that's unbettable. Um, I know he's mocked to the Cowboys, like in every damn mock draft, but uh, there's no value there with the with Micah Parsons. And I've seen J.C. Horn a couple times in front of Sertan. That's where your value's at. If you want to bet on Quitty Pay at plus six hundred, just you know, Venmo me, burn it, PayPal me, PayPal yeah. me your money. Uh, that's not happening. Um, that Micah Parsons uh, or J.C. Horn, I think those are good bets. I don't think there's any value on Sertan there. Pretty crazy to think that even after not playing all year, for the most part, Micah was pretty much locked into being the first guy taken. I mean, we mocked him. I think Dan mocked him at seven in our mock draft, if I remember correctly. Did you have seven? So, um, you know, to think now that no defensive players at all would be in the top ten and that it would be um, – uh, Sertan Fucking over, challenge over Micah. A, a plus three fifty is a great number. You know I'm gonna. I already bet it. I bet a unit on that. Um, Same. And if I can get more, I'll do it again uh, because I'm just gonna ride with my guy. And it's it's good value for a guy that was. Uh, uh, and Damon and I have talked about this before. Him and Penny Seal, like guys that didn't play, other than Jamar That's Chase, have been kind of <laughs> have been kind of. Uh, docked for that and and you know these guys were surefire top five picks last year before they opted out and now they're possibly going to slide out even after the draft process has gone down and the fake pro days and all the numbers that they put up it's it's kind of weird that now 10 10 picks in and we might not get a defensive player well and i think to your point some people are getting docked for but some people aren't like penesul was a generational offensive tackle and sure blah 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 and now it's like 
is he going to make a slide? And then you got some players who, you know, they opted out and it doesn't, I mean, Trey freaking Lance, he didn't opt out, but they played one game. And he's well, I think like quarterbacks team. a little bit. I think Jamar is a better example of that. Just like the wide receiver, like didn't play at all. And he's, he, he hasn't moved. Like he's going to be the first wide receiver. He's, he's been the first wide receiver for two years. So um, yeah. Shout out, shout out to Dan. Hey, I was in that well, too, bro. Shout out to Dan and CG. I still like Justin Ross broke his neck. Not his fault. Um, speaking of first wide receiver taken, we have those odds up next. We have, Jamar Chase at minus 750. So there, un- unless you just for some reason really want 10 bucks and <laughs> you're willing to throw on 75, go ahead, be my guest. Um, but then you got uh, Devonta Smith at plus 400. And I really like Jalen Waddle at plus 600. I mean, just like last year with Ruggs, some team might fall in love with that speed and, and you know, decide to – you know, take him over a, a Jamar Chase. But, Dan, you've been leading the bandwagon and playing the drum for uh, Jamar Chase. So, anything you would like to comment on first wide receiver taken? Uh, not really. I mean, I think he's going to be the first one. Uh, I agree with you that Waddle is probably the smart money. Um, the 166 um, weight for Smith is tough. Um, no matter what, what way you slice it, I get it. I mean – Arguably one of the best wide receivers, if not the best wide receiver in college football history. But, I mean, the weight is the weight. You you, you can look at all of the previous people who weighed less than 170 pounds. Like, it, it is what it is. So, I mean, maybe he's the outlier. We don't know. But um, it, it feels like Chase now more than ever is a lock to go one. So, bet at your own risk. But there's no fucking way I'm laying minus 750. Lost your damn mind. Yeah, I, I think, uh, you know, I, if you don't know and you ain't never, you know, bet on the uh, the draft before, you're going to lose some, but you got to try to find the value there. Um, like, yes, Jamar Chase is – we think he's – we all think he's going to go first. But the value at betting $10 and winning 60 on Jalen Waddle, possibly going to the Lions, you know, that if you want to take a stab at that, that is certainly okay. That's a nice freaking number. But the unknowns with Jamar Chase, maybe these teams have dropped him down a little bit because he didn't play all year or something. You know, finding that value is is huge. I think what the last three years we were plus money on the drafts. So, um, no, no, Sean, not not me. I got my ass <laughs> smoked last year. I I think I've done pretty well last couple of years, but my memory sucks. So I'm going to say I did well. Um, but yeah, that I'm with Dan that, that value plus 600, um, is nice. This is a little tasty, a little tasty. Digging with the wide receivers. I got both Devonte Smith's over under and Jamar Chase's over under. I, for whatever reason, didn't put waddles, but, uh, Chase, his over-under is six, which is the Dolphins. It's six on the money. So the way that works is is if he goes six, it's a push. You get your money back either way. If he goes five or sooner, you hit the under. If he goes seven or over, you hit the over. The over is plus 175. The under is minus 250. So obviously he's expected to go under with a number that big, but is there any value on – Either one of those numbers? No. No. 
no point in betting that. I think, man. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Uh, I'm a sucker. Well, I mean, I mocked Jamar Chase the Bengals, but like Dan said in the podcast, the counter to that pick is Bengals' offensive line is so bad, and so are the Dolphins. Their offensive lines are so bad that they could go that way for their, their uh, sophomore quarterbacks. Um, but they both need wide receiver help, but – I mean, I might take a stab at it. If it's just not, plus it's not good enough I'm number, though. It. Yeah, it's. I, I agree. Because if you get to plus two hundred, then it, it it's worth it. I mean, seventeen fifty versus twenty. I it's not the big a deal, but just from the the way it looks and the I I would I'd only bet it if it got to plus two hundred. Well, my thing is, is Atlanta takes a quarterback, or they trade out and let somebody take a quarterback, and then at five, you have an offensive tackle get picked up by the Bengals. Then at six, it's either a push at that point, and if Pitts hasn't gone yet and Miami takes Pitts, then boom, you already hit the over um, with Jamar Chase. So I do think it's worth a stab because there's a very likely scenario where that kind of plays out. But, you know, still, I, I would want to wait. Um, moving There's on a good to chance Devontae. this goes the other way and doesn't go to plus 200. It probably comes down to plus 150, 140. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, next, we got Devonta Smith. His over-under is 11.5, so will he get picked by the Giants or before or over? Um, the line's moved. I bet it. I forget what I got it at, but I bet the over, and it was plus money a couple days ago, but it's now pretty much a pick em. Unders minus 125, overs minus 115, so slight favorite to the under. 11 and a half, but are we feeling any certain way about Devontae Smith going before or after 11? No. Well, mock, I mocked him uh, early six because I wanted to get to a, a weapon. I figured if they were trading back up after trading out that they wanted a, a weapon for him and uh, with our mock picks, pits and Jamar were already gone. Um, so I would imagine that they probably wouldn't take him based off of, you know, the weight and everything that we've seen with that. So uh, I just wanted to put that on record as to why I mocked him there. I think he's going over for show, for show. I like it as well. I, I don't. You don't like the over? No, I don't like the under either. I don't know why anyone would bet this. You don't get plus money on either side. Fuck that. Oh yeah, I'm not. That's why I'm not earlier. I guess it should have been clear. I, I'm not going to bet the bet it, but I like I like him going over eleven and a half. I don't give a fuck where he goes. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> next um so we'll stick with wide receivers for a second uh over under four and a half wide receivers drafted in the first round the over is a heavy favorite at minus 350 the under is at plus 220 um we've already talked in length about chase smith and waddle those are locks to go but um who are the other two likely to go before the round ends to to push the over that that high at plus – I mean, minus 350. There's a lot. Yeah, Bateman, Elijah Moore, um, Terrence Marshall, uh, Rondell Moore, I'm not Nico. sure where he's at. Oh, um, some people would say Nico Collins. Other people would slander people for saying some stupid shit like that. So, maybe <laughs> not him. But uh, – I mean, A.J. Jenkins went in the first round. Anything can happen. He did. Uh, yeah, I don't know. That's a tough one. I think I would lean towards the plus money there because I wouldn't. I don't think I'd lay that kind of smack on on wide receiver, especially in a deep class like this. 
Well, and if logic is that, you know, we're going to have five quarterbacks-ish, we're going to have five, six offensive linemen, we haven't even got to defensive players, we're already talking about Devontae Smith getting pushed down, we're already talking about, I don't I don't know what Waddle's number was because uh, Dane forgot to tell us, but, It was you know, 11 and a half as well. I just didn't oh, put okay. the odds on there. All right, so, you know, you would think that as those people start getting, now all of a sudden you're going to have to, get two more wide receivers taken towards the back end of the first round. Um, you know, we've seen teams trade back into the first round of draft quarterbacks that could be in play for other guys too. So I, I, I think under is a good, good play here with the money. I, I agree just because I mean, Dan just rattled off 10, 11, 12 names. I mean, wide receivers stretch this year. So, you know, instead of taking the guy in the first, why not take, you know, somebody else and then pick up somebody who might, fall into the mid to late second round. So, I mean, I still think it the over hits, but I do think there's some value in the under. I'm not betting the under because I will be rooting for us to take a fucking wide receiver. So, <laughs> there's that. Fair enough. <laughs> um, so, stay on the offensive side of the ball. We got two running back crops. First running back taken, Najee at minus 160, Travis Etienne at plus 150, and then the running back from – well, one of the running backs from North Carolina, Javante Williams at plus 650. Sean, I know you feel particular about one of those names on the list. I'll let you go ahead and lead us off with the running, first running back take. For the record, if Najee's gone, I'd be perfectly happy for, for Travis to go um, to us at 24. But I feel like most everybody and their mother has mocked Najee Harris to us. It's being talked about. Everyone's talked about it. It seems like it's destined to happen, and I hope it does. So. The money is not worth a bet. Um, you know, I would not want to bet that as somebody who wants him, at least get paid on it. But if we're the first team to take a running back at 24, I hope I hope it is Najee. What's the what's the number on over a half running backs? Over a half is minus two fifty. I have to think about that one. Yeah. It's so you- hard to go ahead. You got to lay some money down, but there's going to be a running back drafted. Like Etienne and Harris are too good. Like I, I, I don't think I don't think either of them fall past Buffalo. I think I think Damon had made a uh, Javante Williams bet, and I think it's a slick bet um, because these these teams are so weird and sketchy on who they like to what running backs they like. Um, I mean, you look at Rashad Penny. I know there's other ones that like surprise running backs in the first round. It's just it's really hard to predict where these guys are going to go and what they value at that position, especially that early. Um, so, I mean, I think plus six hundred is is a tasty line. Um, I don't know if I lay chalk on Najee. Just I don't know. That's just not me. Yeah, no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't bet that either. Um, so finally switching up, moving to the defensive side of the ball. Um, ooh, I left off some offensive ones. We'll, we'll circle back, but, uh, quarterbacks taken in the first round. I know everyone in here at some point wants a corner fairly early. The number is four quarterbacks taken in the first round. So, and the over is a heavy favorite at minus 300, the under at plus 200. So certain if, uh, JC Horner, Locks to go in the top, probably 12 to 15 picks, but you got to have two more come off the board before 32. So I'll 
kick it over to Dan and let him talk on if he likes either one of these numbers. I feel like uh, this is a – will Caleb Farley go in the first round? Um, I, I know there's been some Asante Samuel talk um, going in the first. I think he is best at nickel, so kind of tough to draft a sub-package um, corner in the first round. I know that a lot of people probably think he can play outside, but – um, I, I think this is – will Caleb Farley pass the medicals enough for someone to take a shot at him in the first round? Uh, I think the answer is yes. I think this goes exactly at four, and I won't be touching this problem. Yeah, I think it's I think it's four because you look at Trey, Trey Moreg, he is listed as safety, but he can – he's got great – you can put him at corner. Um, I think if it's a team like, say, the Packers, if they took him, that's what he would be doing. He, he'd be playing nickel – play outside um he's really good um so if a team misses out on those big four Newsom's going Sertan and um Horn like Damon said they're going and like Dan Dan just said Farley is the uh key the key component there and I you know an ESPN analyst who I'm not going to shout out like before says he is the best man-to-man guy take out the back surgeries if you had to t- choose any cornerback in man-to-man He's the guy. So um, I think if he's that damn good, there's going to be a team late in the first round if he makes it there that's going to take a stab on him because they can they can afford to see him progress and, you know, see if he pans out. Question. Uh, this prop is corner, not defensive back, correct? Correct. Okay. This would also be – I mean, because it's going to push at four. So if he gets drafted, it's going to push. Maybe it's worth betting under because if he doesn't get drafted, you're going to get paid. If he does get drafted, you're going to get your money back because I don't think unless to lose that, you would have to have Samuel or somebody else go in the first. So as a as a free push, I would would say going off of that to bet the over and hope another one of those guys slots in there. Yeah, rather just go for payday. That was my argument with Morig is. Some teams could look at him. I know he's listed as safety. It doesn't help it, but it hurts your bet because teams might look at him as a guy that could fill that need at corner. Um, but, yeah, I don't see uh, Aaron Robinson or Samuels or a uh, Stoke, Eric Stokes going in the first round. I just I don't, I don't see that happening. Yeah. Uh, Melifonwu could be another one. It's, you just don't know how teams view these toolsy – hyper-athletic, long, tall, fast corners. Um, but sticking with Mo Rig, CG, we got safeties, 0.5. So all you need is one to go. One. The over's only minus 200. So we talked previously, and it seems like everyone's pretty safe on the – Max bet. That. Yeah, I mean, it, it seems like a pretty – solid guarantee that at least one goes so minus 200 even though we've been talking up the plus money the whole night that seems pretty safe anybody want to add anything to that no that, that it. that's yeah um but i did have one other one that i wanted to talk about <clears throat> it was an offensive one trey lance is over under is six and a half reason I want to bring it up is it's just interesting the fact that Miami, who just picked Tua, is the sixth pick. So I guess they're 
projecting a possible trade since Miami's come out and talked about that, but the under is plus 130. So honestly, sorry, CG, I should have threw this out there before you made your bet. Honestly, you're better off betting plus 130 on Lance to go under six and a half than betting him to be the third overall pick. That's a fucking steal. Holy I'm shit. Gonna go ahead and make that bet right now. So y'all go ahead and talk for a second. <laughs> All right, I, I didn't talk on the last one because I was literally betting on over safeties one and a half. Uh, two, two and a half units. Thank you very much. Uh, will Trayvon Lowray go in the first round? Uh, I believe the answer is yes, and I will like to be paid for that. Thank you very much. <laughs> two and a half units, you said? Yes. Okay. I, will not, I will not be telling anyone what my units not, are. I know what your units are, I just and I won't disclose. You don't know shit. Well. I know you don't know in. shit. You don't know shit. I know you're in. I know you're <laughs> you don't know shit. Don't patronize um, me. All right. Well, I'm also doing this Trey Lance one, so you guys can talk. Wait, say that again. What's Trey Lance one? His over under is six and a half at plus one thirty for the under. So, so if he doesn't, so when Mac Jones goes three, who's taking him? Atlanta. Someone trade into Atlanta spot and take him, or Miami. Course, they've they've yeah, had talks of Miami trading out. Is this a group bet? Is this are we all? If I don't do this, am I going to be the the outcast? As long as you don't root against hey, it, no. Uh, oh, we're gonna have to cut, cut that out. I know you can sing. No, no I, you can sing. Yeah, you can sing. Andre ain't got shit on me, dude. Are you guys currently all betting? Is this happening right now? <laughs> I'm the only person doing the podcast. Everybody else staring at their fucking phone. You were the first one to bet. You were yeah, just you doing it. I did it. Black. I did it when people were fucking paying attention to the podcast. Now I'm on an island. I we're still asked talking. y'all to take the reins because I was betting. And I followed the over under. I and then I got, I got the other that. two fuckheads looking at their phones. I can see your reflection in your in your glasses. There, see Jizzle. I, I, I can't find the damn bet, David. <laughs> <laughs> All right, any other bets? No, I'm out. <laughs> All right, I want to talk about one that I, I made. I, uh, I I threw a unit because it worked out that way that the Steelers' first player would be offense. Take my ten dollars. Thank you for that. I also um, have uh, one. I think I already talked about it. Actually, Justin Fields going third. After they made the trade, um, yeah, I'm gonna lose that. Wash it, but uh, it's okay. And then um, I think that Dan and I, when we were not on air, decided that we were gonna bet Mister Relevant this year because we've never done oh, it. Oh yeah, and it's a coin flip. So I love it. Electric, we, electric factory. We, we both one bet offense, one bet defense, and then we split the profits. Feels like a wash, right? <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> I think we legitimately flip a coin and we do it. Even better. Question is offense, defense, heads, tails. Mm. I, I would say offense, heads, tails, defense. Nope. Do it the other way. That's where we fuck up because we all suck at gambling. So we have to switch it. Okay. Logic. Good logic. Thank you. All right, well, if that's the end of the draft props, uh, I think we're going to go to a break. Um, you guys probably sick of hearing us talk as it is, so we'll take a break, even though you're 
you're just going to keep hearing us talk because it's not going to be that long of a break for you. So we're just going to go to a break and we'll be back. Thank you. And we're back from our super long break that you guys didn't even know. We are going into trivia, a patented segment for the undrafted sports podcast. But first uh, we are going to have an ad read from a new sponsor. Um, very good sponsor. I use this product often for various reasons, but CG is going to tell us about Vaseline. Vaseline. <laughs> Vaseline. It's great for many things. Can use it for you before UFC fights. If you have to go into a fight to a scrap, get a Vaseline that face up. Got to make it smooth so the punches roll off. No cuts here. If you have chapped lips, you don't need those cracks. Put on those chapped lips. If you're getting raw between the cheeks, put the Vaseline there. Vaseline is your best friend. It is a Swiss Army knife. It will help in all areas. Vaseline, we appreciate your support. And it's going to lead us into our trivia question this week. Trivia question this week is very challenging, I would say, but I think our contestants are going to do fairly well, um, or should I say farly well. All right. The topic, the topic here today is r- rookie quarterback passing yards record. So the most yards passed in a rookie year. I have a top 25 list. Uh, the first contestant is going to be Damon. He is leading our trivia with two victories. Dan has one victory, and Sean is on the come up here. So, Damon, would you like to kick us off? Oh, before we start, would you like me to scratch off the guys that are before 2005? I think there's three. No, leave them on there. Okay. It's not going to matter. We're going to get that far. All right. So, Damon, <laughs> you're up first. Herbert. Herbert is number two. Okay. I am going to go with Robert Griffin III. He is on there at number 19. Uh, I'm going to stick with the same draft class and go with Andy Luck. He is number one. Tempted to stick with the same draft class because I know he had the touchdown record, which would make sense that he would also have the passing yardage record. We'll just go with it. Russell. He is number 20. Is this the top 25 or 20? 25. Okay. I am going to say Dakota Rain Prescott. He is number nine, Hell State. I mean, full circle, that's Drew Brees. Thank you. Um, I'm going to say it, although I should probably save it because I know neither one of these dudes want to say it, but Cam Newton has to be on there. Cam is number three. Yeah. Dude had like 450 in his first ever game. <sighs> Kyler. Kyler is number eight. 
Okay, so are we taking out pre-2005 or no? No, go for it. Oh, man. This might be stupid. I want to say Ben Roethlisberger. He only started – I thought him, too. He's not on there. God damn it! He went to the fucking Super Bowl. He only started, what, 14 games his rookie year? Yeah, he went to the Super Bowl second year. He lost oh. in the AFC Championship to the – I mean, that's – that's. I mean, this is rigged. Uh, Pre-2005, Peyton Manning? Peyton Manning is number six. I had him written down. Oh, think, 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 think. I don't think he started. Does the champ give up? No. Never. I see a tap. He's tapping. Call it rough. Get in the herb. I'm just going to reel off like seven of these fucking guys after this. I'm going to be fucking mad as shit. Uh, appreciate you shooting with Ben. Jameis is his number four. That was one I had written down. Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan is number 12. Mariota. Full names, please. Marcus Mariota is not on my list. Sean, can you? Yeah, you have to say it. You have Sean, to say yes. it. You got to seal it. Don't don't mess this up. This will be tragic. What happens if he doesn't say it? Is it a no contest? Or do I no, CG it? wins. Do I get another guess? No, no CG wins. That's not, that's not fun. Somebody get the clock. Shut up. He had like 10 minutes. That's uh, just factually incorrect. He just did not have 10 minutes. Okay. 2010, Sam Bradford. Don't fuck this up, dude. Sam Bradford's number 11. Come on. Champ. Is, right. is Marino? No, no, no. Shut the fuck up. Is Marino on there? <laughs> no, he's not. Golf or Golf is there. Wentz almost, is five. I almost I said Jesus Christ. I almost said um, Matt Stafford. Stafford's not on here. Okay, well, man, I'm stupid. That's just all there is to it. Trubisky. Blake Bortles. Tannehill. Bortles, no. Uh, Trubisky, no. Tannehill, yes, at 16. Uh, 2018 quarterback. That's Kyler's year, right? Yep. Uh, no, Kyler, Ky- Kyler's 2019, 2018. I was drunk. I can't be held accountable for these things. I'm terrible with years. You're terrible at That's, everything. Oh, uh, Baker, he broke the record. God yeah. damn it. He broke freaking Russell Hey, I bet, I bet Sam Darnold's not on that list. <laughs> for touchdowns. <laughs> Who were the right. other pre-2004 or 2005? 1986. Oh, boy. 1986 rookie. This is, Dan, this is Dan's boy. Jim? 
No, he was 84. Billy. I thought he was 84. It says 86 on my list, bro. Oh, it's because he didn't want to play for the Bills. That was the 84 draft class, and he didn't want to play for the – yeah. Sorry, I'm flexing on y'all. Now, 84, um, 1984. I mean, it's got to be Elway. Nope. It's not Marino, not Elway. It's not Jim Kelly. Then it's – Warren Moon. Burline. Warren Moon. Good call. Run and gun. I'll just do out a name. I don't even know what year. 2019. Kyler's class. Daniel Jones? Daniel Jones is on there. There's another one from that class. Drew, no. Drew, yeah, I was going to say Drew Locke. Can't be it's Haskins. A, definitely sneaky, Haskins. It's a sneaky one. I shouted him out on the podcast last week. I did the podcast and I listened to the podcast and I still have no fucking clue. I feel like we're in the Twilight Gardner. Zone right now. Gardner Minshew. Oh, man. Oh, 17. Wow, 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 wow. Number 15, 2011. Andy Dalton. I thought of him, too, after Cam. Colin Kaepernick was the first one that popped in my head for 2011. So. 2012. Who's in the right? This one's a tough one, too. Another 2000? Kirk Cousins? No, it could be. Idiot. Rookie (laughs) of the year, RG3. Texas. Peace up, eight town down. Yeah. What are you throwing a football? What are you doing? Jeff Samarja. Brandon Whedon. Brandon Whedon's number fourteen. Holy Mac! Hilarious that there's two Browns on this list. 2012 did the damn thing, didn't it? It was five of them. 2014. Brandon Cooks. There's two from 2014. Teddy Bridgewater. Teddy B, for sure. Yeah, Teddy. I can't believe I didn't write that. He was rookie of the year. Teddy Derek, was Derek Carr. Derek oh, Carr. Good pull. I'm 18. Point. 2013. Landry Jones. Nope. EJ Manuel. Geno Smith. Geno. Really? Yep. Geno Smith had more yards in rookie year than Ben Roethlisberger? Bro. All right, 2008. Mark Sanchez. Mm, That's a good guess. 2008 is Flacco. Thank you. Flacco and Ryan. Flacco. I saw the the old guy getting on. If y'all can get this one, I'll take a shot. Right Right now? now? No, not right now. Pussy. Uh, Draft night. 2001. You didn't give us a time limit, so we just have to – we have to have a, a group mind right now. Two thousand Sean, two thousand one. I need I need players. David Carr. Nope. Drew Brees. Nope. D Burline. Nope. Yikes. I don't even if I give you all the team, I don't think you get it. Stop. Stop at that. You, you, that's insulting. Okay. You take a shot right. just for saying right. it. That dude's almost forty, bro. If I give you, hey, if I give fuck you, the, you, you take a shot too. <laughs> if I give you the team, you can only you can only guess once. You got to come to a consensus collectively. No, consensus. collectively, y'all got to come to a consensus. Okay, nobody shot anything All out. Right. Two thousand one, Carolina Panthers. 
No, not it can't be. It's not him because he was with us, idiot. That was their expansion year, right? No, no it was like 96. 96, 98, 2001 rookie who had a lot of passing yards for Panthers. I mean, if 2,900 is a lot, I mean, it's 24th, ranked 24th. He's totally right. We're not going to get this. Chris Chandler. Is that what consensus? No, no. That's our – oh, okay. I went to a Super Bowl with Atlanta. Chris Winkie? So y'all's consensus? Chris Winkie definitely played for the Panthers. Yeah, I like that. I'm – Useless. He no, definitely no. played for the Panthers. I just don't. 2001 seems late for him. Seems late. It does. But he was old as fuck, too. Hold on. Hold on. Hear me out. Wayne Madkin. <laughs> I don't know. Who no. Mississippi so. State fan in the group got it. So that would have been Miami Hurricanes right around that time were big. So if it's Ken Dorsey, Ken Dorsey, I will kill myself. Um, Craig Krenzel, Oklahoma. Jason White did nothing in the NFL. I don't even know. Can we phone a friend? I got about ten seconds. I got to come up with something. I guess that's enough. Chris Winky. Chris Winky. I like the Winky. Yeah, Chris Winky. Y'all got it. (laughs) Nice. Good work, oh, Sean. Sean pulled yeah. out. Hey, yeah. make sure make sure to bring your 190 proof that he takes yep. a shot of that he, shit. He, he didn't say what we had to shoot, so. If I see that, I might vomit. I'm bringing it, pussy. I'm taking it right when the draft starts. I'll go ahead. Solid I'll trivia. The Solid trivia. Bootlegger Jerry, or whatever the hell it's called, 10%. <laughs> that 190. That was a good trivia question. Stuff. Burn my chest. Yep, good stuff. Yeah. All right. Um, uh, go ahead. I was say I, I was gonna close it up, so you finish it. No, you go ahead. <laughs> so there's a good chance that we probably won't record next Sunday. I'm just gonna say it. Or we could, how. or we could flip the script and just record everything live together. Oh, we could do that Saturday. Yeah, Saturday night. There's a good chance we record live on Saturday. And we'll if we do together. Saturday night, holy, that's going to be a shit show. Here for it. <laughs> I, I'm not editing that. I'm calling it right now. I'm not editing next week. <laughs> Fuck that. I we'll need. Uh, we'll need to get some bleep uppins, and it'll be it'll be crazy. The video probably will never get posted. There will be no video. We will skip that video. <laughs> Well, that's it. Uh, episode six in the books. Drafts in four days. Everybody get your rocks off. We're ready. It's time to go. Get your Vaseline ready. It's draft week, baby. Shout out to Vaseline. Thank you for coming on as a new sponsor. Um, we look forward to doing work with you in the future, both here and abroad. So, <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully we'll see you all next week. If not, two weeks. We out. Bye. Peace.